Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of Source Finesia, host of the Main Channel Podcast, and the host of the Source Finesia YouTube channel, of course, back with another one. Yeah, this week's episode was one of our our annual review episodes. So unfortunately, we had to do it a little bit later because of a couple different factors. Um, my travel, well, I was in Indo- I wanted to do it when I was in Indonesia, and then the coronavirus hit, so that kind of pushed back our start date to the year by about a couple of weeks. And then, of course, Mike uh, Mike was also not necessarily available on the times that it worked for me. But we finally made it work, uh, just getting settled in Manila, signed a one-year contract for an apartment, uh, which I'm moving into in a couple of days. And before I talk about the annual review episode, just wanted to give you guys a quick update. Obviously, I'm sure a lot of you guys listening to this are curious about what's going on in in Asia with the coronavirus. I mean, obviously, it seems to be spreading more (laughs) quickly in the West now than it was here. Yeah, I mean, the climate, like in in the Philippines, for example, it's pretty normal. Like, uh, you know, there's less people walking outside. Um, I think that the amount of cases in the Philippines is something like 20-something cases, not really that high. And um, the vast majority of the cases are people that came from other countries so you know basically what happens is they've put up like uh in in the condo that i'm staying in in the airbnb that i'm staying in and and the other one that i stayed in was the same thing they put up like plastic or silicon on the buttons for the elevators and the, and the doors and then i guess every hour they put they sanitize it um and then when you walk into most condos and most commercial buildings they have to scan you for your temperature it's a sort of it's actually a law um so obviously, if your temperature is higher than normal, then they'll take you for further examination. Um, and then there's just like a lot of hand sanitizer everywhere. <laughs> so it's just one of those, like everywhere you go, you're just kind of like using hand sanitizer. Um, but other than that, it's not really that, like, I don't really feel anything. I, I pr- And people wearing face masks and stuff. I personally am not wearing face masks because it's not really going to save you unless somebody coughs directly in your face. Uh, I think the biggest thing is just it's hygiene, washing your hands. Um, don't touch your face in random moments, like after opening a public door or something like that. I generally, I'm, I, my mom's a little bit of a, my mom's a little bit of a, uh, I think it's not hypochondriac, but she's a little bit of a, uh, germaphobe yeah my mom's a little bit of a germaphobe so i kind of adapted some of those traits so i I generally like when i open public doors like bathrooms and all that stuff like i usually don't use my hand i'll use like my elbow um you know even elevator buttons i tend to not necessarily use my fingers i'll like punch the buttons with the side of my fist so it's just for me it's it's been a more natural transition to even be more like that than i was before um but yeah that's sort of a situation so i'm I'm here in the philippines i'm trying to start my life while <laughs> dealing with this this whole coronavirus thing it's it's very odd it's been a very odd start to 2020 but yeah that, i mean that's pretty much it so uh yeah this episode is the like annual review episode this is 2019 goals versus 2020 goals i believe this is like the fourth or fifth time that we've done this type of episode and i think it's really cool it's kind of like it's kind of like you guys are, you know, shareholders in the business and then I'm giving you like an annual review, uh, shareholders in my life and my business and I'm giving you like an annual um, statement of accounts and, and, and you know, the business, uh, the the health of, of the company and, and my life. So, you know, I, we go through all the lists from last year and I, I, I reviewed my goals from last year and gave myself a grade. I think I did pretty good. And then, you know, it's on to bigger and better things this year. So, um, yeah, so another thing is if you want to learn more about like what's going on from a business climate with the coronavirus, uh, check out my latest YouTube video. I had a YouTube video that we released a month ago, and I, I did a follow-up on that. If you listen to this podcast in the West, then uh, the YouTube video should be out tomorrow. Definitely check that out uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about the business climate with the coronavirus. Without further ado, enjoy the episode. I don't want to be a product of my environment. I want my environment to be a product of me.
All right, so uh, 2019, I think what's interesting, because now we've done it four times, I think this is the fifth episode that we're doing like this. It's interesting seeing how the goals have changed and how much, how many more goals of listing on the podcast. I don't know if it's because I have more goals now than I did then. I think part of it is that. I think it's also just like the expansion of the business means that we do set more goals than we did. Like uh, maybe back then it was more like, you know, just making sure that we fucking got an office or you know, hiring a full-time employee or something like that. Now it's like, you know, you're setting goals around moving to different countries and setting goals around expanding the marketing, setting goals around opening up second businesses. Like it's a, it's a little bit of a different vibe now. So it's just interesting hearing the podcast in the past. But yeah, man. So 2019, I have two sets of of goals, two sets of lists that I had created. One was the one that I mentioned on the podcast, and then uh, one was for my for my Knox mastermind group with Harrison and, and Carl. There is some crossover, but I'll just start with the basic ones from like the podcast. I think I said I wanted a twenty percent increase in sales revenue and seven percent increase in profitability. We achieved both of those. There was literally a 20% increase in revenue. And then profitability was a little bit more than that. But it was interesting because, and you know, when we had our end of year review, it was interesting seeing like our net profit or net income was higher. So in terms of the percentage of net income versus last year was significantly higher than it was the year before. But our actual net profit margin was lower. And just reading about you know, consulting companies and, and service-based businesses, it's extremely difficult to, once you start going past the $300,000 mark per year, it's extremely difficult to keep your net profit margin low because you have to, your fixed costs become so much higher because you have to hire people and you have to get bigger spaces because it is a service-based uh, service business. So you can look at it in two ways, right? Like I guess the, the, they say like, the, like an average net profit margin is 5%. And then if you're above like 10, 15, then you're doing really well. But the way I look at it is like, would you rather have 15% of a business that's worth $100,000 or would you rather have, you know, 5% of a business that's worth a million? You know what I mean? It's like, that's kind of how you have to look at that. So it's all relative. Sorry? But I'll take the 5%. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so interview, I wanted to interview somebody with over 10,000 followers. That was dope because I actually had Riley, I think his name is Riley Burnett from Living That Life. And he's got like over 50,000 followers on YouTube. And then if you combine his Instagram and stuff like that, he's hitting close to 100K mark. So it was on his channel. He was on ours. So that was an awesome goal that we achieved. Wanted to bring in a marketing intern. So obviously we, we ended up doubling that. So we had Luke come in he started working with us in like march february of last year and then he flew into china in the summer and he was with us in china and, and with us in the philippines for three for two months three months total for the whole internship and then uh, out of the blue vincent came on and we had to create a, a position for him and he was just he just reached out to me directly and said, "Will come in guangzhou like i would love to you know see if we can do some sort of internship and I was like actually you know I have been thinking that I need to hire a salesperson so maybe maybe this is the right moment and I, and I feel like that was a really really good idea like I really I'm super happy that we made that decision because it's allowed me to focus on so many other things in the business I think one of the, the toughest things is letting go of control and sales was like my thing it was like my baby and I was like I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to let go of this but it, it's it's made a lot of sense moving forward Wanted to do uh, YouTube ads that resulted in five figures of revenue. I think we definitely did that. You know, I, I would maybe even argue that we hit six figures in revenue from YouTube ads. It's hard to tell because we were testing it out last year. We didn't really have specific like ways of measuring exactly which leads came from our organic YouTube content versus the paid YouTube content, which is something that this year we're going to be doing much more of is you know, creating specific ads that lead to specific landing pages and things like that. That way we can track where all those leads are coming from. Revamp the website. This was a, this was a failure partially. I mean, I can't blame myself really, but 
I guess I can. Like, we made a decision to work with uh, somebody off of Upwork who was based in the U.S. And it's funny, man. I feel like I, it's not. I'm not the only person that's experienced this. I feel like sometimes, you know, you you feel like okay, this this designers from the states, and you know, they speak our language, and you know, they're gonna understand what we're trying to achieve, and she just did it. She just really put in like the most minimal effort into the, into the website. And, you know, she took us like 80% there and then just kind of disappeared. So that was tough. And she also took a much longer time than she had originally quoted us. So she told us it was going to take a month, a month and a half. And then, you know, it was four months, five months. And then, you know, the granted there was maybe a month that was our fault, but still. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. we, I was going to say, if you're a business person who's hiring a designer, you know, somebody who's more of an artist off of Upwork, you really have to take that into consideration that they don't often work the same way or they have a different idea of how work is supposed to progress. And a lot of times that is the issue. Not, not so much that they don't do a good job, but they just don't manage time the same way. Maybe their projections of, how long it's going to take them to complete a project is often off. And, you know, you really need to be diligent uh, about communicating with them how to manage their time. Yeah. I mean, for us, it was, especially this kind of project is a little bit different because we've never really done any sort of long-term large scale design work in that sense. I mean, we've worked with engineers who are designing products but engineers are very accurate when it comes to timelines and stuff, right? Whereas working with like an artist who's designing, you know, something that even the fact that like when you have a product, right, you might have a product idea and you might, there might be some things that you can't like tangibly explain, but you have a product idea and there's a function to this product, right? It's now just figuring out how you make this thing and make and making it look nice. Whereas it's something like a website, it's it's very objective because it's like, I have a vision of how the website should look, trying to communicate that vision to this person and then seeing what they do and then going back and forth. That's, always, that's a difficult thing. It's like they have to actually do it for you to then, you know, come back and say, well, I thought it would look like this, but now that you have it up there, then we need to make these changes. So it's a, it's a little bit of a, it's a big learning curve. So I, I'll, when I get into this year's goals, I'll, I'll sort of explain what my, my solution was for that. And then organize, uh, I think I wanted to organize at least one meetup. So we didn't organize a, a, f a physical meetup, but I did do two webinars, which to me counts because it's basically the same thing that I wanted to do, which was, you know, sit down with uh, other people in the industry and, and discuss business and make new contacts and stuff like that. And obviously, ultimately, maybe drive, you know, business uh, towards SFA. But I do definitely want to, especially being in the Philippines now in Manila with the, the great network that I have, I definitely want to focus a little bit more on actually doing physical meetups. And then uh, some of my other goals, which were some of the personal goals, were to stay in the Philippines for, I think I wanted to be in the Philippines for two months concurrently. And I think I was, I was here for three months. And in total, with all the small trips that I took last year, I was in the Philippines for four months. And then I wanted to do... I think it was I wanted to do two months of Muay Thai or martial arts and I ended up doing three months of Muay Thai. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a, that was a big one because I really developed a passion for it now. You know, I, like I, like I tried to go back to just working out in the gym, just lifting weights in China and I was just like bored. You know, it's <laughs> like, this is not as dynamic as, you know, punching uh, pads and kicking and, you know, dodging punches and blocking. I was like, that's Muay Thai. Like, is like a dance, you know, it's like, um, you have to be on your money. Otherwise you can't get punched in the face. So I find myself, especially now that I'm doing a little bit more of like light sparring and, and my trainer is like hitting me and attacking me. I find myself sometimes my concentration is off. Like if I'm not like, I'll be thinking about business or I'll be thinking about something else during the, the sparring sessions and he'll hit me and you'll notice, you he'll notice. And I was like, Oh, this is interesting. Like now, I like you really have to be present in, in, in the moment. And it's sort of like meditation in that sense. So, like I've really, really developed a passion for it. Some of the other things that I didn't mention, I think in the pod was I wanted to do two day in the life videos 
and eight on the factory four videos. So we recorded one day in the life video. We just haven't released it yet. And then I did do, I did record eight on the factory four videos. I think we released four last year. Part of it is just the time. Cause I mean, those videos take a long time to film. You have to go to a physical location. And uh, I think maybe eight was a pretty aggressive thing, but also a big thing that happened last year is I was traveling for like four or five months out of the year, you know, totally unplanned. There's a lot of back. What's up? There's a lot of back and forth. And then you had to handle some visa issues. So you had a couple of unexpected trips. There was a lot of moving around last year. Yeah. And beyond that, I just, I was coming, I came to the Philippines six times. Like, uh, <laughs> you know, there's just a, there's just a lot of travel and, and we were still one of the obligations that I had on one of the projects was that I had to be in Nantong once a month for like a one or two weeks. Well, not one or two weeks. Like I had to be in Nantong once a month. The, the time frame wasn't like strict. So that was at least seven, eight months out of the year that I was constantly going to Nantong for three, four days and, you know, Guangzhou back in the office and stuff. And, yeah, so I traveled way more last year than I expected. So that that also contributed to not having the time to plan out the, you know, the release of those videos because those videos do take a lot of time to put together. But yeah, that that was. Oh yeah, and then the last thing was fourteen percent body fat maintenance. Did that, but again, similar things like towards the end of the year, I traveled for two months, and when I traveled for two months, I was never in a stable situation. I couldn't work out fucking food was you know just like just not having healthy options around me especially when i got back to china um so yeah i don't know if i maintain that towards the end of the year but i definitely during the summer during during two months of muay thai and uh you know i did some boxing classes i did jujitsu definitely had 14 percent body fat at that stage and for most of the year so are you what are you gonna say I was just busting your balls about uh, missing Nantong, seeing <laughs> missed your time out there with Shu and the boys. Oh, Shu, Shu, Shu did send me a like you know happy happy Chinese New Year. <laughs> so sent me sent me a nice little email. You know, I mean, not you know, I don't know, man. Nantong is like the the city I visited the most next to Guangzhou, which is just funny. Like if I, <laughs> like, I just find that ironic. It's like. I guess I've been to Shenzhen more, uh, Shenzhen and Dongwan more, but I'm just like, yeah, Nantong is like, I've spent the most amount of time there besides Guangzhou. I've spent like weeks in, in Nantong, you know? maybe even maybe in, uh, even two months in total for all my trips there. Do you wanna, so, okay, my overall grade I would give myself from last year is, I'll, I'm, I'm going to go like A minus. Where where did the minus? Well, the minus I think is just I may I I didn't like with the web designer. I'm really frustrated about the web design thing because it's like man, like I I made the original website in a week, so the idea that it's taking us six months to to make a new website, even though obviously the website That's now insane. sorry. That's insane, especially considering that you know you hired a professional. Yeah. To do it, and I I was a part of. The construction of the contract you know at least you ran it past me and it definitely wasn't a six month goal it was you know much shorter time frame it was like a month it was supposed to be a month maybe a month and a half and i do like how the site looks though you know you've worked through it and well now yeah now but but it's like yeah that just the idea that it would take in 2019 2020 that it would take that long to put a website together it's like come on man you know, well, what is this? Like, it's just, it just, it just seems ridiculous to me. And, you know, to a certain extent, it's like, okay, you get what you pay for a little bit. But at the same time, I think I should have, the reason why I'm, I'm subtracting from my grade with that is that I think I should have, I was slow in deciding to cut, uh, cut the cord and just be like, look, she's not doing it. Like she's too slow. You know, we got to submit a refund request to Upwork and try to take that money and find somebody else. That was where I fucked up is like I spent, and then again, part of it is just because I thought that this wasn't like my focus. Like that was what the marketing intern was supposed to handle. Then I was just supposed to review that stuff and it was just taking longer. And then, you know, I was focused on other areas of the business. And then of course I would have liked to have released, you know, at least a day in the life video 
would have been ideal because we did record it in like July last year when we were in the Philippines. I think we could have released that, but it's a, it is what it is. Thank you. So can I step into my stuff? Yeah. Great. Hearing you talk about your goals makes me think that I didn't scan the last podcast well enough because I didn't have nearly as much or I didn't talk about as nearly as much as you just went through. But some of the things that I mentioned was I wanted to work on my outside education, you know, stuff that was out of the day-to-day work that I do with sourcing and basketball, the stuff that keeps me busy and makes me money. I had mentioned specifically getting into reading more, which is something in the last five years that I've really fallen off with. And it's gone pretty good. Um, Especially in the past four to five months, I've been in Chicago. I had planned to stay here longer than than I have in 18, 18 or 19 years since I, since I moved from here uh, just to be around family and chill out, rehab, spend time with my daughter. But that got extended due to the coronavirus situation. So I had plans to go back to China at the end of January, uh, meet up with Rico in Indonesia, and then maybe bounce around between Thailand and Philippines, at least I was looking into that. But with uh, the coronavirus hitting, all of my jobs were canceled and all of my plans got put on the back burner. So I've been in Chicago for, shoot, over five months. And really close walking distance to my house is this incredible library, really big library, beautiful facility, great services. So, you know, I have no excuse to not be reading and yeah, probably averaging about a book a week, um, at least at least in the past few months. So that part's been good. Uh, I've been also, I don't know if it was you that recommended it to me or another podcast, but uh, are you familiar with an application called Blinkist? It wasn't me that recommended it, but I, I, know, I know that. Yeah, so I think one of the other like sports podcasts I listen to, they're, they're an advertiser on there. So anyway, through that podcast I, I got onto Blinkist and what Blinkist does is it, it condenses a book down so it's just an overview of a book in audio form and usually it's like between 7 and 15 minutes so you know the, somebody goes through they read the book and they, they basically take take the outline and try to explain it in a condensed version so that's kind of cool you can get through more material that way rather than trying to read the entire book but yeah, I've been reading business books, obviously stuff from guys like Russell Brunson. I just read his another one of his books, Expert Secrets. I really like fantasy and sci-fi, so anything by Philip K. Dick, Scanner Darkly, Man in the High Castle, stuff like that. And then i um, been trying to, to read different kinds of books, fiction, nonfiction. I read something recently called A Room with a View by E.M. Forrester. I recommend that, especially if you're um, dealing with some internal battles. I think that's a good book to read. So from that goal, it's gone pretty good. I've been happy with that and just trying to keep up my outside education. One of the other goals I laid out was getting to Africa, getting to see the continent, spend some time there. And as some of you know, that happens. We did a podcast about uh, my trip to Lusaka, Zambia. Rico and I went there, shoot, I can't even remember. It seems like six, seven months ago now. It was uh, April, May. Yeah, so that was, that, was, that was a while back. That was fantastic. I loved it. Definitely want to go back. Need to coordinate with with Rico, see when that's possible. Uh, we didn't get to see Victoria Falls on this trip, so I think that would be cool to check out next time. But well, I did. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but I, I missed that one. I showed up a little late. But yeah, Zambia was was dope. I would love to see more. I would love to, you know, maybe get down to South South Africa or check out some some other areas in the continent where I have some friends. So that was that was. Fantastic. Uh, last year, what else did I talk about? 
I talked about some self-betterment goals that I had, meditation and, and trying to, to live more healthy. Um, <laughs> that's been, you know, I've made some progress, two steps forward, two steps back kind of thing, moving to Chicago, moving back to Chicago and being in this environment is a little bit different than living in Chiang Mai where, you know, you walk out your, out your door, it's beautiful sun and there's somebody set up with a food cart 10 feet away from your door selling, you know, freshly picked coconuts. Uh, you can't, you can't really get that in Chicago and people here tend to eat um, a lot and, and not, yeah, I've been trying, especially recently to, to be on the healthy tip and, you know, with, anything i'm just kind of looking towards what other people are doing trying to find services that that help you to you know manage your your diet of course i'm always on on the juice drink a lot of vegetable juice i've talked about my good buddy growing up johnny juicer he's one of my big influences uh, on on my diet so i always try to stay on top of you know getting my 32 to sometimes up to 64 ounces of green juice a day. I just started doing these meal prep, meal delivery services. There's one called Get Freshly, which I just started doing. It's pretty cool. It's like under 50 bucks per week, and they, they deliver you six meals, six six dinners. That's That's been pretty good. And there's another one that's more focused on vegetarian, vegan, and I've been trying to do that as well not eat as much Chicago food. So that aspect has been, it's been okay, not bad. And then I talked about last year on the podcast, I talked about developing more content. I feel like at the point we recorded that I started out doing okay. I got on the, I got on the Made in China podcast a few times. I recorded a video, a bunch of stuff for the brand, that I was, I was pushing at the time, which was Obot. Uh, we went to Guangzhou and recorded all kinds of stuff. I think I did a day in the life, was it? Or I forgot what the podcast was, but where I went through the Guangzhou markets and kind of instructed people about how to navigate through the markets, how to, how to best maximize your experience. I did a really long episode about basketball in China, but we still have yet to release that one. I would say the content goal was definitely the one where I was the least successful. I haven't developed a consistent schedule of releasing podcasts or videos, but it started to pick up in the last few months. I'll talk about it when we get into this year's goals, but I kind of segged my focus uh, from the lifestyle brand that I was doing. I had an opportunity to partner up with one of my friends on a new project and it just kind of fell, it felt right. It felt right at the time. I was, I was pushing the lifestyle brand for a while and this came along and just felt like the right thing to do. So I, I dove in uh, head first and it's called the Z kit. So you can check it out online, the Z And it's an athletic training product focused on prehabilitation so exercises that you can do prior to activity to help strengthen your body, uh, activate muscles, increase mobility and flexibility, and basically overall decrease the risk of injury. So it's been cool. It's, it's, the, it's one project that really meshes the different worlds that I'm in. You know, I've talked before that I do a lot with basketball. It's been a big part of my life for a long, long time bring guys out to China to play against CBA and second league uh, teams. I even work in some other Southeast Asian countries a little bit, but then also, you know, I've been in the manufacturing sourcing world for the past nine to 10 years. So this is a cool project because it merges both of the industries and business that I'm working on day to day. So, but long story short, through the Z kit, we've started to, develop content as well. So I've been trying to remain consistent, coming up with cool videos that we can post on our Instagram, editing down the training videos that we're providing. So we have these uh, built out training programs that we're providing on top of the, the tools that go inside of the kit. 
So, yeah, I definitely don't think that it's been a success this year coming out with consistent content and producing content, but I can't say it's been a total failure either. It's definitely something that I need to continue to expand on the positive aspects and just be more consistent with overall. Man, I feel like after listening to, to all your goals, I didn't, I didn't scan the podcast carefully enough to get all of mine, but those were the ones that I, I know I talked about last year was the outside education, uh, Africa trip, doing things for, for my individual self-betterment, and then you know just really trying to pay attention to getting out as much content as possible whether it be the podcasts or the videos that we're developing, doing the meetup groups. Yeah, that, that's my assessment of last year's goals. If I had to give myself a grade, definitely can't give myself an A because I did not do enough from the content perspective. So I would say I got to go like a B minus, I would say, because I, I have made – progress on some of the other goals, but I definitely need to pay more attention to the content and just being consistent with it. Yeah. Well, I feel like with the, the content stuff, it's just like, you just have to outsource as much of it as possible because I feel like that was the biggest issue with us Yeah. before like two years ago when I was responsible for editing the podcast and stuff like that. It was just like, okay, I have to reach out to somebody for an interview, do the interview, then edit it, then release it, then write that. It was just everything. It's just like in a week I was spending, you know, 10 hours plus on the, on the podcast. And I was just like, while still trying to run the business. And I was like, yeah, man, like this is not, this is not acceptable. So when, when we did hire somebody else to do, I mean, I guess I still do, well, just last year, four or five months, five months out of the year, Luke was the one reaching out to people for interviews and setting them up. But for the most part, I still sort of set up the interviews and do the interviews, which is fine. But everything else beyond that is is completely outsourced, you know. So that makes it so, so much easier because I just have to put up the raw content and, and then we create the content calendar and schedule things out and then it magically ends up online. Yeah. So, yeah, I just think it's just like the stuff that you know you don't want to do, you just, have to, you just have to figure out a way to have that systemized. So this year's goals in terms of revenue for the company, I'm going to keep it the same just because I know like year over year we've been, our revenue has been going up significantly, but I can't just looking at the way other, just other businesses go and just like uh, looking at industry standards and stuff like that. It's like, it's, if we're, st if we're having a 20% increase year over year, like we're in a pretty good spot. So I want to continue that. The biggest thing is the net profit margin. I want to see if we can we can get that up, you know, from what we had before. So, ideally, a ten percent increase. I'm not sure how realistic that would be, unless we, because I know we're gonna hire more people, so our fixed our fixed costs are gonna go up. But you know, we'll, we'll see. I've got plans on how to to drive the revenue up. Want to interview somebody with over a hundred k in followers? So not just interview them, but I also want to be on their channel. I want to release two day in the life videos and four on the factory floor videos. So last year it was eight. I'm going to do four. I think four is more realistic because there's other types of content that I, I want to focus on this year as well. I want to hit 2.5 K in YouTube subs, right? As we speak, we're 974 subscribers. So, you know, I, I was hoping that we'd get to a thousand by the time we did this podcast, I think that was actually one of one of the goals that it for a thousand people for quite a while. Should we off? Should we just throw it out there? Should we put some incentive out there for that thousand subscriber? We buy them dinner. That's going to be tough because I, I don't know how I could. Sometimes people sub and it doesn't say who subbed. You know, uh, <laughs> it's it just you just like you just see the numbers go up. I think it depends on when they're subscri subscribing. I think there's people have different privacy settings on their profiles. But yeah, maybe we do some sort of competition to to see UK because yeah, we're twenty five away, twenty six away, probably twenty five by tomorrow or something. Um, so we're just almost there, uh, just about to cross the threshold. 
so yeah, I'm hoping to hit 2.5K in YouTube subs by next year. Um, six webinars. So last year we did two. I want to do six this year. I've already done one, did one in January. I'm hoping to average basically a webinar every two months. And we did around five to six sales on each webinar that we did last year. So I'm hoping we can you know, get to 10 sales per webinar. I'm also going to be, okay, that next goal is I want to launch a course. So the, the webinar that we've been doing that I've done for a while, I'm going to retire. I'm going to do it one more time in probably a month and a half. And then, and then I'm retiring it. So I will probably turn that webinar into a course because I mean, it's a one hour presentation. There's a lot of information in there. Like I think that if I break it into shorter segments and just sort of have a little, you know, beginning and ending to each one and maybe add some additional materials. I think that it could definitely be a course. I want to host six sourcing tables. So Mike was doing the sourcing table thing. Actually, that was one of your goals as well for last year. I don't, I don't know what the specific goal was, but I think you had something around hosting meetups, but Mike was doing the sourcing table in Chiang Mai. I want to, now that I'm here, there's just a lot of potential, man. There's a, there's such a thirst for manufacturing knowledge here. And just the people that I know, like Michael Michelini, like myself, like you, other entrepreneurs that come in and out of Manila. I think now that I'm here as well, I've noticed that a lot of my, a lot of my business friends that go in and out of Hong Kong have now become curious about what's going on in the Philippines. So I think there's just a lot that we could do. And if I make that into a regular thing, I'm not making any promises. This is like a stretch goal, but I would want to start recording some of these in the form of like the, the shop, the LeBron James show where, you know, he sits down with other athletes and, and celebrities and entrepreneurs and they just talk about life and obviously the industry. I just want to ask you a quick question about that concept. Would you obviously in that sense, you would limit the amount of people that could take part in that meetup? Is that how you see it happening? Yeah, I mean, there's two parts to this. So, so there's the sourcing table thing, which is just the meetup. But if we were going to do a series, I'd also call it sourcing table, right? But yeah, I mean, if we're doing the series and recording it, I, yeah, I would limit the amount of people. Like, I, I, I mean, it doesn't really make sense to have 20 people. <laughs> I think you'd have to keep it at like, you know, six to maybe 10 people. Like, I, and then even that seems like it would be a bit much yeah, I would say like maybe four to six people, like, you know, and I mean, the way he has it in his show, like there's like two or three different segments. It seems like they might have like somebody come in for 20 minutes and then they leave and then another you know group of people come in and some people stay for the whole thing. So we'll see, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I would probably keep it at around four to six people each time. It's probably we'll have regulars and then there'll be some people that come in once in a while. But yeah, I just like the way the setup is, the way it's stylized. You know, we can talk about anything, but it's just more about getting interesting people together and, and creating a forum to have good conversations, right? And then, you know, making that into good content. And, and, and I think a lot of people would benefit from it. And I think it'd also be interesting. Um, hire a full-time videographer. So that's something that I've had in the pipeline. Our, our videographer, Lord, also Lord Entertainment. Uh, I've, I spoke to him about this when I met him last year in January and I was like, yeah, you know, when I moved to the Philippines, I was like, I want to, you know, s start talking about creating a, you know, a sort of production team uh, a la Gary V style. And, you know, I think we can make it happen. So I'm hoping to, to get that done this year. Hire a full-time marketing manager. That's I actually hired a full-time marketing manager and then she just didn't show up for work so <laughs> so that was uh you know that wasn't fun i spent like five six hours training her she seemed super excited about the job and then you know we're supposed to meet in manila and like she just ghosted but this is what it is did she uh, not hit you up at all no she she did she did like the next day and she was like oh you know yeah it was, you know it, it's just like yeah she had some stuff and i was like look man i was just making sure she's Hey, because some people ghost you, you, you know, you want to be like, fuck them. But sometimes I'm like, oh, man, I hope they're okay. Yeah, I mean, she's fine. It's just like, yo, like if you had that issue, you should have just said it before, you know, before we were supposed to meet rather than waiting until the next day. So I was like, yeah, like you're on probation. So, I mean, if there's a, like, it's probation period over. 
launch a second business. So, you know, I have this thing that we're working on. So most likely it'll be a physical product. But the second thing would be some form of real estate. So, you know, if I don't do the physical product thing, or if I if I don't do a physical product this year, then then you know maybe some somewhere in the real estate space, um, launch a second lifestyle YouTube channel. So this goes into part of the hiring a full time videographer thing. Right now, the plan is Nick and myself, Nick Darov, who's been on the the channel a bunch, been on the podcast a bunch. He's, we're going to be living together here, so we were thinking about basically just having our videographer, the guy who does our YouTube stuff, coming into the city three, four times a week, following us around and creating maybe two videos a week or three videos a week vlog style. So that should be fun. And then, of course, that just allows us to do way more with Source Financial's content and you know a lot of different things, mini documentaries, things like that. Finish the web design. Um, so the difference between last year and this year is so what I did was I flew out this guy that I hired here in the Philippines, a uh, really talented developer, but I, I just noticed that in his hometown, like his internet was just really bad. And I just felt like his working conditions weren't the best. So things were just taking longer than they should have. So I had him come in and he was basically with me from last week, Monday till two days ago. So he was basically with me for like 10 days straight and we you know we got a lot of stuff done so the home page is done the services page the two pages that would take the longest to do are almost done so in the space of 10 days he was able to do you know more than what the previous person was doing for six months and then 14 percent body fat maintenance same as last year except this time it's like maintaining it not just achieving it and then losing it and i feel like the difference is here you know, I have my meal delivery thing where it's two two meals a day for 50 bucks. So two meals a day, five days a week, ketogenic diet. Um, they also have the paleo diet, but uh, on the keto diet. And, and then, of course, I'm doing Muay Thai. So also one of my goals is to do um, to average Muay Thai uh, three times a week and move to Manila. I guess technically I've achieved that goal, but when I was writing this down, when I was writing down these goals, I was still in Indonesia. So I, I didn't know that I was actually moving to, to Manila. Like I, I even said it when I arrived. I was like, I think I might have just moved to Manila without knowing that I moved to Manila. But when I started studying Mandarin again, I fear that, you know, me not being there as much, I might get into a state of sort of out of sight, out of mind. It's always easy to find Chinese people. So I know if you're in Manila... You don't speak Chinese as much, but like here in Chicago, it's the same thing. Like I don't not speak Chinese as much, but I'll have that thought every once in a while. I just roll up to the Chinese buffet, man, and just start start kicking it with the. Just just start posting up with the you know the Chinese joints. Just be like just be like the one dude. I I do I do at least once a week I'll go in part because I like the food. It's like an authentic. Chinese. I'll just find like a Chinese casino and just, you know, just just, just post up at the Chinese casino once a week. It's my routine. And I know I've talked about it before, but like in China, in mainland China, if you're speaking Chinese, a Chinese person might be like, whoa, you speak Chinese. And then that's it. They don't give a shit about you. They're going on with their day. But if you're, if you're spitting Chinese and showing a knowledge about China and, and where the the particular person you're talking to is from outside of China, whether you're in the States or Manila or wherever, they take so much more interest in you because you're, you're so different. You know, vast majority of the people, the foreigners that they meet in the outside country do not speak Chinese, let alone have about China. So I'm, I'm just trying to say that if you do make that little bit of an effort, it's going to be reciprocated back to you because they're going to want to know about you and they're going to talk more. But I also think there's going to be an adjustment period for me because it's like I've been there for five years so there's an aspect of like like I know I'm going to go back and stuff like that but it's like when I'm here I don't necessarily want to think about living there you know so I kind of I kind of like disassociate from from China a little bit when I'm when I'm outside of the country for for, when I'm outside of China for like three weeks plus I kind of disassociate myself from China besides the business side of things 
I just think that it's going to take me a while to start to miss it in that sense. But at the same time, like taking an actual class, like I always enjoy learning new things and the structure of it. So, you know, even if I'm not physically going to like a Chinese casino, like if I'm studying Mandarin, it might actually prompt me to want to engage more, you know. But yeah, no, it's just something that I wanted to do. Like even last year on my stretch goals, studying Mandarin was one of them. But I had so many other goals that I, it was still pushing towards that I never really got to stage where I was like, okay, I can start to focus on my stretch goals. All right. Um, next would be average one YouTube live stream a month. So I did two last year and it was really fun. Um, our audience was smaller. So I think I only had like, I think we only had at the, like the peak was maybe four people on, but I mean, I've done like webinars where we had 50, um, you know, 40 people. And I, I really enjoy the live interaction with our audience. And I feel like if our audience is growing, which it is, you know, if I start doing YouTube lives consistently, I think that's one, a way to grow the audience. And then two, I think we're just going to have more people on and, you know, I can answer questions in real time um, and just get that, more personal one-on-one engagement with with the audience. Um, And then my stretch goals, I want to reach passive income. I want to get to $3,000 a month in passive income. That's a stretch goal that I have. And yeah, that's it. Fantastic, man. I think everything's achievable and within the, the realm of what you're doing. So I wish you the best of luck. Yeah, I mean, that's just... This is something I try to do is like when I think because I've been doing masterminds since like what, since Toronto, like 2014. You learned how to set a realistic goal. Yeah. I mean, when I first started doing masterminds, I was setting goals that were either too lofty or, or too easy. But I think the biggest thing is like the goals are, it's one aspect to be like, okay, I'm setting a goal and I have to achieve this, but the goals need to be in line with what you're doing on a regular basis, right? I mean, there's obviously you can have some goals that are completely left from what you're doing, but even then it has to be a gradual thing. So even like last year, I didn't say I'm going to move to Manila. Last year I was like, I'm going to spend two months in Manila in a row. And you spend two months, ends up being three. Then now, you know, this year you're like, okay, now I'm like more prepared to move to Manila. So it's like, you know what I'm saying is you kind of have to, if you're going to do something that, if you're going to set a goal that's completely different from what you've been doing, then try to try to make it like easier to attain and try to test the waters first. And then if you have, if you have stuff that you're already doing, then you can actually set more aggressive goals because you know that on a daily basis or on a weekly basis, monthly basis, you're already, you're already going towards that thing. So, you know, when we you know, some of the bigger goals that I have, which are like, you know, launch a second YouTube channel, for example, you know, I've already been doing YouTube videos for a year and a half, two years. I have a system for that. It's pretty automated. If I hire somebody else to do that, I'm not really going to have much to do. And then, you know, I've been doing lifestyle videos already. So it's like, it just makes sense for me to start a second channel. It's not, it's a big goal, but I'm, I'm already doing things towards that. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I set out a fair number of goals for this year. I broke it down into the different businesses and projects that I'm a part of, as well as added some personal things. So I'll just take it through one by one. As far as the, the basketball goes, you know, I have a tour company. I call it China Ball Tours. You know, I can't set too lofty of goals at the moment. As I mentioned earlier in this cast, I had a bunch of jobs for Chinese New Year. Uh, It's been my most consistent time for the last six years since I started doing this. Everybody goes back to their hometown in China. I'm sure everybody's aware of the, the situation and they have basketball games. So it's a really, really busy, just super fun time for us and about 36 to 48 hours before I was supposed to fly, everything got canceled for the coronavirus. All forms of assembly were uh, canceled throughout the entire country, and nobody knows when it's going to get back up to speed. They're talking about canceling events in different, you know, all over the world, South by Southwest and Austin, Texas, 
appears like it's going to be shut down or at least, you know, functioning at a very limited capacity. You have, you know, football games, soccer games where people aren't allowed in the stands and they're just, you know, so, so to set goals for this business is very difficult at the moment. So what I just said at the moment is I'm just going to have one tour this year. That's very light. I've been averaging more than one tour for the past six years, so it should be very easy. But with the current state of things, I can't get too in-depth on my goals. I just kind of have to see how, how things progress and how China gets continues to, to open back up in the coming months. But from a personal side on the basketball level, I definitely want to get back on the court and start playing. I haven't been playing all year. I had ACL reconstructive surgery last year, and I've just been working on getting myself uh, back to a, you know, back to black, back to being able to play. So that is definitely one of my goals, just to continue my rehab and feel confident enough and get doctor's clearance to get back on the basketball court. As I mentioned also, in the past four months, I started a new project called the Z-Kit. Been really excited, especially in the last month with the way everything's going. The face of the company is a guy named Zeeshan Mirza. He's a former athletic, he's not former, he is a certified athletic trainer. He's worked with NBA teams and WNBA teams, G League teams, CBA teams. So. Uh, his connections have, have really helped to, to push things out, and it's been a ton of fun. And, and I think one goal, a very vague general goal, is just continue the momentum that we have up to this point, continue to book events. So we have uh, we're going to go down to the NCAA Final Four and set up there to promote the brand. We have events lined up with AU and college programs uh, throughout the summer. So one goal is just to, to continue the momentum. But a specific goal is I want to sell 5,000 plus kits this year. So between this, from the point of this recording until next year, we want to sell in excess of 5,000 kits. Uh, I think it's aggressive, but very obtainable. For SourceFind Asia, what what what's your strategy behind that? Behind selling the kits. Behind selling five thousand. Well, it's kind of twofold. Uh, one is we're doing these these promo events, getting in front of these large programs. So we're starting to establish relationships with. I probably shouldn't say who we've already got on board, but. Anyway, we, we are already partnering with certain teams, WNBA teams, college teams, and we're making customized kits for these programs. And we're trying to take these initial orders and use it as promotion and justification to get more orders. We established a, an affiliate program. So if anybody uh, drops our link or promotes our, our stuff, they get a kickback on every sale that comes in. And then, you know, our, our niche is, is basketball because that's the industry that we've both worked in. But we also want to slowly start to branch out to other sports because we think the, the kit and the training programs around the kit are useful for anybody who's active. Somebody like me who's recovering from an injury maybe it's an older person who's like a, a you know, weekend marathon runner cyclists, dance, um, you know, we, we can branch out into all these places, but we're really trying to hone in on our connections and our, and our basketball niche first. Uh, and then also uh, paid advertising, you know, paid marketing online and building out quality funnels to, to get leads and knocking our lead costs down. I think those are the two avenues that we're looking to the most. So one will be setting up at, at large events and bringing uh, establishing cooperations with well-respected organizations. And then the other aspect is the, the sales leads, Facebook advertising. Uh, for SourceFind Asia, uh, immediate goal, which is if I don't <laughs> do this in the next month or two, would be a, a big failure, is um, recorded that bas basketball cast back when we were in uh, Manila, 
and I would say I'm about halfway through editing it, but I really want to get that up and onto the YouTube channel. I think it was really cool. I put a lot of clips in there. We had a little good storyboard that the former marketing director intern that we had and I developed and it just needs more edits. So I definitely want to get that up. And then I also put, uh, I would like to extend the sourcing table. So just recently, since the Asia trip got canceled, I've been starting to connect with entrepreneur groups here in the city, which I wasn't doing initially when I first moved back. So I want to get into that network a little bit more heavy where I was extremely immersed in, in Chiang Mai. I'm trying to do the same thing here in Chicago. And my goal is to set up a meetup. Uh, at what point, I don't know, but I would like to do at least one sourcing meetup uh, in the coming months in Chicago. And then I had also mentioned to um, to set up an event in Manila as well. So I will be traveling there in the next few months to meet up with Rico and record content and work on some other projects that we have going. And I also mentioned that as one of my goals that we should do a couple of sourcing tables while we're there together. Next is the lifestyle brand that, as I mentioned, has been really on the back burner since I've been putting the majority of the time into the Z kit. But last year I was able to lock in some, some wholesale accounts. Some of these uh, online sales sites picked up my stuff and that's been really probably my, my only sales channels. And I, I have some small orders on, uh, online that have been coming in, but the majority has been through these uh, handful of companies that have been pushing out sales every few months. So that kind of, that was really unexpected. I didn't think that that would be the route that I would sell, but it, it's worked up until this point. It's led to, to some, some small income. So I think I could push that wholesale model out a little bit more, use what I've done up to this point to try to attract some other uh, sales sites to try to, to sell some of the old bot products, specifically the bags that I've been making. And then I was also trying to, you know, between SFA and Obot, try to roll out some of the additional content that I've recorded. So I mentioned that last year, I didn't feel that I was successful in developing the content, but I think that was more from an editing and releasing standpoint. I actually recorded a lot of conversations. So I did a lot of podcasts by myself or something where I interviewed a friend or sat down and, and uh, took a short video of, of somebody that I was with. So I actually have a lot, you know, unedited stuff in the bank. So if I can, start to edit through that and as you said systemize it and pass it off to, to some members of our team who have an understanding of how i want the completed product to look i think that would be really cool and i could start to roll a lot of that out onto obot to a lesser extent sfa and you know that, that can only only help business moving forward uh from a personal perspective I set out a few different goals. I want to explore somewhere else. I've targeted uh, Europe as, as my next destination. Um, I did live in Spain way back when, I think it was 2005, 2006, I believe. I lived in uh, Madrid, Spain for a year. That was before I even went to China. But I haven't been there since, so I would really like to get to a couple of spots in Europe. I have a lot of friends out there that I could meet up and I have tentative plans. Obviously the coronavirus might affect that with all the, all the crew stuff kind of up in the air, but my family is planning on doing a cruise between Spain and Italy in the summer, maybe late summer. We have tentative plans to go. So that's a, a big personal goal to get out and see some parts of Europe. I've never been to Italy. I spent a ton of time in Spain, but I've never been to Barcelona, crazy enough. So, And I've never been on a cruise. My mother is a retired Disney Cruise employee. She worked there for over 15 years. Her and my sister, to a lesser extent, my dad, they have been on more cruises than any other human being should, and I've never gone with them. I've never been on a cruise. So 
going on, getting on a cruise with my family and also getting to see some of Europe is definitely a personal goal. I also, within the next 12 months, I have aspirations to, to purchase a condominium here in Chicago. I have family ties here. Uh, I think that it'll be a decent investment and I will have ties here for you know years and years to come. And compared to other large cities across the world, Chicago is very affordable and you can find knockout deals and, you know, wh whether that means getting something that's really souped up and nice or just the most basic of condos, I, I definitely want that to, to happen by, by the end of the year. You know, ha ha have another asset, something to my name. I think that's a uh, reasonable goal and I want to try to see that out. And then just from a dad perspective, you know, I have a little daughter. My goals for this year with her is to, she's about to turn five in a few months. So I just want to start, you know, I feel like as a, as a little kid, five years old is like that perfect age. So when you're looking for extracurricular activities for your kid to get into, most activities and most, you know, schools or, or uh, facilities don't accept kids under five. So once you're five or six, that's like the cutoff age to start getting kids involved in other activities and the age when you start to feel confident enough for them to get out of their comfort zone and start to meet new kids and be in strange environments, you know, uh, whereas a year ago or two years ago, I would have never let her do that. Now I think she's ready to. So I'm starting to roll her out into sports and dance and Spanish classes and stuff like that. So, you know, by the end of the year, I want to try to get her in at least a handful of activities that she's comfortable with. And then I also don't want to talk about it specifically. I just um, think it's a cool idea and I don't want to put it out there, but I, I want to also do an activity. There's a specific activity that I want to start doing with my daughter and I have this idea to once we get good at it once we get comfortable at it to uh, launch like a, a little side business off of it I've noticed a, a blank spot in the market where there's there's really nobody doing this activity geared towards kids and I think I could do it as a part-time you know just side thing that was something fun for me and my daughter, but could eventually lead into a money-making opportunity. So I'm not going to put out specifically what it is because I don't want you fuckers to steal my idea. Yeah, that, that's going to be the last of my personal goals. So that's it. That's it for my 2020 vision. Yeah, I was saying I don't, I don't, I don't have anything else. I think, yeah, I, I just think it's, it's cool to see to see the progress. I think when we first started making these episodes, my perspective was just like, uh, you know, I, at that, at that stage, I'd already been doing Knox for three, four years. And I just want, I wanted to kind of show people like how to set goals, but now it turns into like a diary. You know, it's like being able to look back and, and see where your mind was at and sort of the perspective that you had or your ambitions or whatever, you know, four or five years ago and then seeing what you learned, I think is just an interesting experience. And I, and I feel like for the audience as well, you know, one, you do see, you know, how to set goals, but at the same time, you also see sort of the progression year over year, you know? I feel, I feel good about it. So we'll see how we do this year. I feel, feel good about things and I think it's all achievable as long as we're working hard. So, one thing I should do, I'm not going to set it as a goal, but one thing I should do is I should record one of our mastermind meetings. The only thing is like we're at a stage right now, like when we did the, when we did the recording the last time, I was, you know, most of the other guys were just starting companies. Like they hadn't done anything yet. And then we were in our first year or so. So like a lot of the stuff that, a lot of the goals that we're setting were, you know, kind of more vague. Whereas now... It's like we're talking about proprietary stuff, like in our meetings, like we, in our Knox meetings, we were talking about like really information that it, we're not like legally, <laughs> shouldn't be, you know, given to the public. So I'd have to figure out how we could do that. Maybe we'd do like a, 
a PG version <laughs> of, of our knocks. Maybe just record like the first 15 minutes or something like that and then, and then have that. But now I think it would be really interesting for people to see because I mean, the two of the guys, Harrison and Carl, were on that Knox episode from five years ago. And I mean, at the time, Carl was, you know, trying to start an English course, uh, teach, uh, teach English course to, to Chinese kids. And I don't remember what Harrison was doing. I don't think Harrison had had an idea yet of what he was going to do. And it's like a completely different thing. Harrison sold two businesses now. He's on to his third business. So it's a different, different vibe. Yeah, for sure. It's just the three of you or is anyone else on that group? No, it's just the three of us. And then we do it once a month. And uh, we set like, so the same goals that I just mentioned here, like we have a spreadsheet that we listed out all our goals for the year. And then once a month, we check the progress in each one. And then we just kind of cross, cross them out. So if you see mine from last year, it's like the list is there. And then every single time I'd hit one of them, I just cross them out, cross them out, cross them out. And then month over a month we kind of discuss and exchange ideas. It actually works better for us. Like, cause the weekly thing, the fact that we're all in, we're in three different countries, it's just not feasible. And a lot of times, like the goals that we're setting now are not goals that are necessarily achievable in a week. So it's a, it's, it's actually better for us to do it once a month because yeah, some of my goals take two, three weeks to do. Um, some of them take months to do. So, but yeah, I mean, uh, all right. So guys, if you like this, kind of content uh drop us some reviews on itunes we still need those reviews even though itunes spotify is killing the podcast game but you know it still helps it still helps people find us um and of course share it with anybody that you think is interested in about business in china business as a whole and if you want to reach out to us as podcast sourcefinancial.com check out the youtube channel been you know almost that probably by the time now I, I don't know when we're going to release this i want to release this next week but uh, you know, maybe by the time this comes up, we might be at a thousand subs, or maybe maybe one of the guys listening to this, or girls listening to this, could be our one thousand subscriber. All right, number one thousand dinner on us, okay? <laughs> yeah, for whoever's a thousand, if you can prove it, if you could, you know, take a screenshot, I'll definitely buy you a dinner. So better yet, I'll. I'll buy something on Amazon, the equivalent of whatever a dinner would be. <laughs> so send something to your place on Amazon. I don't know how that's... Oh, I guess that only works for North American, uh, North American and European listeners. But yeah, no, definitely dinner or drinks. Something is on me if you end up for 1,000. Do it. All right, man. Good to catch up. Talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. I rock that ass to sleep and had you sleeping in my t-shirt. Just came home from getting myself peach on. You know I ran the streets like a dog without leash on. She trying to get a freak on. Come hop up on this ski jet. You scared of that water or you just scared to get your weave wet? Barely got your feet wet. Guess I know where we headed. Trying to see you throw it back. Let's check your reflexes. Good Lord. Didn't know what I was in for. You could be my cuddy buddy, baby. What our friends for? I speed up the tempo. Them other niggas late.